after I graduated, I tried to actually, I actually came to Portland mm-hmm. um, for about six to seven months. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, 2008 was kind of rough. Yeah. You know, it was the recession, recession and hiring freezes and, you know, all that. So it just didn't work out. Yeah. So I had a, I actually had a job on, uh, at the Levi's. Come on. On 23rd. <laughs> <laughs> so we yeah. pull up and see Frank up in there. I'm in there folding denim. <laughs> <laughs> so one day, um, it was around magic. Yeah. Um, Pam, who was my my boss at the time, she she uh, called and was like, "Hey, what are you doing now?" And I'm like, "Nothing, you know." I thought after the inter- Nike internship, because I interned my junior and senior year. Okay. For okay. Nike. So I didn't I thought, realize. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm going back, and you I got this I got in this. a bag." <laughs> Not the case. <laughs> this is Claim of Stories, a show about professionals working in the sportswear industry and the incredible careers they've been able to claim. I'm beaming on today's show how Frank Cook started his career as a footwear and apparel buyer at Wish Atlanta to working with Jordan Brand's energy team on sneaker collaborations. Frank has created a name for himself in the industry as someone that truly understands the art of storytelling through sneakers. He's worked on a number of notable releases, from the Alele May Air Jordan 6 to the Nigel Sylvester Air Jordan 1. In our interview, which you'll hear shortly, Frank shares how sports and sneaker culture have always influenced him, even from a very young age growing up. Like seeing photos of Michael Jordan jumping out of Ferrari and Allen Iverson with baggy pants and tattoos. We start this episode off with Frank telling me about his time in college at Clark Atlanta and working as a sales associate at Wish. I always wanted to go to an HBCU. Yeah. Um, Drumline was <laughs> was crazy. So I was like, yo, it's going to be lit if I go to this. So I um, went to Clark Atlanta. Great experience. Yeah. I mean, the time that I went there, the era, I mean, it, the music was popping. It's a yeah. new scene. Um, that was like 2003? Yep. 2003? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Graduated so, 2008. Okay. Okay. <laughs> had to do the extra year, you know. <laughs> had to have a little more fun. I always tell people take that time. Take school, your time. You know? Right. That's why it is. Yeah. Um, so you're you're at Clark Atlanta 2003 mm-hmm. in Atlanta. There's a lot happening musically. Okay. Creatively during that time. Jeezy. How was that for you? Like, geez, I mean, you got Jeezy, you got Outkast, you got Usher. I mean, there's a lot happening. I mean, it was exciting. I mean, coming down there and just seeing, you know, just on my campus, you know, you might see Lambos back to back and, you know, Jeezy handed me his mixtape itself, you know, and this is like, damn, I'm experiencing all these real? things. Yeah, because I mean, celebrities walk around down in Atlanta like it's, you know, so I'm like, damn, this is kind of crazy. But it also, you know, kind of helped me, you know, yeah. in my sneaker career because yeah. of building these relationships, you know. It was easier because you're in an environment where a lot of these Kind of used are. to it, so... Jeezy handed you a mixtape. Handed me a mixtape <laughs> in front of uh, Woodruff Library, man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Were there any other um, pretty cool experiences like that in Atlanta where you felt like um, you were just having really uh, interesting interactions with people that worked in entertainment? And well, music I think and- what helped me the most is uh, like just being on campus was a melting pot. Mm. So, you know, linking with people from like DC or New York or, you know, Houston yeah. and Cali and all these different places and cities, Miami. So you start to pick up on their slang. You start yeah. to pick up on, you know, like how somebody dressed. You can tell like where they're from. So yeah. like it helped me in my kind of like 
footwear and fashion apparel kind of mm-hmm. career because I'm like, oh, well, you can take all this and kind of mix it. Right. And then you come out with something special. So I would say that was like the best part of going to Clark Atlanta for sure. Yeah. And that's what I love about Atlanta. It, to your point, it is like a really huge melting pot of a lot of different personalities mm-hmm. and people coming through with really high level taste. Which to me is like always interesting that footwear brands overlook that city. It's a conversation that's happening. Yeah. and But, you know, it's so authentic. It's so, you know, vital to the game, yes. you know, when, uh, not just music and entertainment, but I feel like there's a very powerful sneaker culture, that, culture there. 1,000. And it always has been. Yes. You know, if, we, if we really look through it. Yeah. Walters. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, one of the first stores to ever let, you know, African-Americans try on clothes. Right. But people don't. I guess they don't know that, but... And you know, you the storyteller. Yeah, We're going to get into yeah, that a little sure, bit. For sure. Um, but early in your life, I think you started to have a, a big interest in sports mm-hmm. and sneakers um, and the culture. Yes. What What were some of the early influences that drove that? Um, I just think, you know, uh, athletes back then were entertainers, you know, mm-hmm. and they were they were what you wanted to be, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and it was a certain level of celebrity back then where... You know, it wasn't in your face like we have social media now. It was a right. very special thing, you know. Right. So, and I've always liked the kind of, you know, the dudes that went left, like the the Rodmans, you know, <laughs> those kind of guys that were, you know, hard nosed right. about their business, yeah. but also had this kind of edgy, you know, kind of taboo with them with the tattoos and, you know, AI is like the god to me, you know. <laughs> AI is, you know, man, what he's done for Philly, but. You know, just his his whole swag was just yeah. like, man, with the fro. I had braids. They, was, I didn't even have any hang time, <laughs> but I had to do it. You had to do it. <laughs> had to do it. Cause of, cause of AI. Yeah, cause of AI. Man, so I mean, speaking to that point, I did read because you had an article in mm-hmm. Hypebeast that was, uh, and you touched on Allen Iverson. It was like, so uh, definitely from your connection to Philly. Uh, obviously, there's a there's a connection there, but what else was it about AI that I guess you saw a little bit of yourself in? Man, his resilience. I think mm. you know, um, against all odds, he's still you know. Because growing up, some of the things I were into, like a lot of people weren't into. You know, mm. I like to listen to like Smashing Pumpkins or <laughs> something crazy or like the Dookie album. You know, yeah. that kind of stuff. So it's it's like, man, he he's resilient in a way where I could see a rebel, right? Mm-hmm. But you got to love him because you love what he makes, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> so you, you have to love AI, but, you know, he broke down the barriers. So now, you know, you see LeBron's and P.J. Mm-hmm. Tucker's walking through the tunnel not having to wear a suit, mm-hmm. you know? So he, he he definitely was the person who, who made that happen. Wow. Yeah, I, I've always been a big fan of AI, especially my, uh, my cousin growing up. She really loved AI, and it was during that era where... You know, all I saw was Jordan. Yeah. And she was like, no, nah, you need to check out this tattoo. Like, there's, you know, it just, it made it okay to be... Um, Yourself. Yeah. 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 Jordan was always clean cut, you know, white socks, loafers. You know, you've seen him getting out the Ferrari. One of my favorite pictures ever with the security guard. <laughs> you know, but he was the more polished mm-hmm. version of a hero, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. But this was a guy who had his, you know, his problems, yep. the problems, but... Was resilient Absolutely. and performed and performed and performed. Uh, so going back just a little bit to uh, the time at Clark Atlanta, mm-hmm. 
you you majored in public relations. I did. What, PR. what was yeah? What was the move there? So the funny thing about that is, is uh, I met. <laughs> <laughs> Tell it. All right. So I met. Uh, I actually went to like a Jordan Brand activation. Okay. And there was uh, a friend, Teresa Tran. She was in PR. So I went to this activation, and I always known her for like Jordan parties and. Mm-hmm. You know, inviting celebrities and everything. So I'm thinking like, oh, PRs means like you fucking just throw parties. <laughs> like you lit. <laughs> so, but then I started, you know, getting into my major and I was, it was a lot of writing. And I was like, hold up, this is a little different. <laughs> um, but it was a good time. You know, I think for me, public relations um, is funny because we had this kind of process as a, for our senior um, project. And it was always like, you have to throw an event or you have to do something. So I didn't throw an event. And everybody's like, what the hell are you doing? You have like three weeks left. (laughs) So I wound up putting together like basically a marketing packet for a museum on campus. So I had like a CD-ROM with like an intro video and how you could donate and stickers and pennants and merch. Yeah. So everybody's like, oh, you're going to fail. Like, that's not the way we do it. So I'm like, oh. So I go into the presentation (laughs) And I'm like, hey, Miss Wright, you know, I'm going through it, boom. So midway, she leaves. So I'm like, oh, this is, and it's like a panel. So I'm like, oh, she's the main teacher. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be crazy. Yeah. So she comes back in. She sits down for a little minute, and she's like, Mr. Cook. And I'm like, oh, this is it. She's going to tell me you didn't follow the, she stood up and she says, you have one more thing to do. And I was like, what? She's like, come back and visit me. Wow. After graduation, I was like, oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> so. And you, were you the only one that kind of. Only one. And everybody was just like, yo. I had to do my own thing. do your own thing. Hey, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I love to roll the <laughs> dice. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, uh, you know, in my early years in the sneaker days, I guess my mm-hmm. sneaker days, um, you know, I remember hearing a lot about this shop called Wish. Oh, and so you finished school Magical. and you ended up becoming a buyer mm-hmm. at Wish. So before we go into you being a buyer, how did the opportunity for you to join the Wish team come about? Had you already been like going by? And- yeah. So uh, in 2007, um, I was still in school, but um, I got a, a job there yeah. as a sales associate. Um, I was just stoked. I was like, damn, this is crazy because <laughs> back then they just opened that location. Yeah. And they had another one on Euclid, which was like a sale kind of. So I made the cut on the the big store. <laughs> so I'm like geeked. I'm like, oh my gosh, so it was cool. So um, after I graduated, I tried to actually, I actually came to Portland mm-hmm. um, for about six to seven months. Oh wow! And uh, you know, 2008 was kind of rough. Yeah. You know, it was the recession, recession and hiring freezes and you know all that. So it just didn't work out. Yeah. So I had a, I actually had a job on uh, at the Levi's. Come on. On 23rd. <laughs> so we yeah. pull up and see Frank up in there. I'm in there folding denim. <laughs> so one day, um, it was around Magic. Yeah. Um, Pam, who was my, my boss at the time, she she uh, called and was like, hey, what are you doing now? And I'm like, nothing. You know, I thought after the inter- Nike internship, because I interned my junior and senior year. Okay. For okay. Nike. So I didn't I thought, realize. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, yeah, I'm going back and you I got this I got in this. a bag. <laughs> Not the case. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she gave me a call. Like, what are you doing nowadays? You know, kind of looking for a buyer. I'm like, cool. And this is on my lunch break. Yeah. You know, I'm like, cool. Um, I can meet. Can you meet me? You know? <laughs> yeah. In Vegas. I'm like, absolutely. I'll be there. So I went to fold clothes and it just so happened, you know, I'm folding jeans. And this lady was like, hey, well, you got to redo these. And I was like, redo them. 
<laughs> you shot the deuces right there. <laughs> Walk straight out. Where, straight where you up. Had to. I mean, we were closing, but yeah. that's usually not my style. You know, I like to give you the two week notice. But you knew your heart wasn't in it. My heart wasn't in it. So again, rolling the dice. Yeah. You know. So uh, yeah, went to Magic, uh, and that's kind of where it started wow. as a as a buy in the buying position. So did you know anything about being a buyer? Like not. And and what I mean by that is, did you know necessarily what a buyer does? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, and, you know, for me, it was just a different experience because um, I know I didn't know the technical kind of thing where, you know, making sure um, RTVs like kind of returning and, and buying like shifting product yeah. and things like that and percentage and markdowns. And right. so that was kind of like an experience in itself. But I was like, look, I'm going to get this salary and I want to <laughs> do this. And I know it's Atlanta. And I know this is a wonderful store and a wonderful mm-hmm. opportunity with good people. So mm-hmm. um, I got to say that time at Wish is just magical. You know, that start to my career. And I am so lucky to have that yeah. experience. Man, tell us a little bit more about that. Like, you know, one thing you already touched on early on was mm-hmm. uh, how important relationships are. To Absolutely. You. And I got to imagine from being at Clark and seeing certain people, mm-hmm. That you had to have encountered some people at oh, the shop. I mean, this story after story, but you know, again, uh, I have gained some family and some really good friends in in this industry. You know, and it's you know beyond like the celebrity thing or whatever. It's like I'm in, I'm so inspired by you know my friends that I've seen grow in this with mm-hmm. me, like Joe Fresh Goods or yeah. you know there's there's countless. You know, people that you just see start, Brick Owens, those kind of people mm-hmm. where you're just seeing them like grow and being like, wow, like this is amazing. Yeah. You know, shop owners, Derek, Joe, James, Whitner, yeah. like, come on. Yeah. Like, I just went, I just went to his new spot in, in Houston. Got I'm the, on the air. Had to get those eats, <laughs> you know? So, you know, and, and, and watching how the progression mm-hmm. of, you know, this industry and specialty boutiques, yeah. you know, which is a big part of, what's going on in fashion as a whole now. So, yeah. yeah. So was there any, uh, any people in particular that you felt like you met that were, uh, instrumental into the, the, the next direction you would go? Oh man, there's so many. I, know. I, I can't I know. stand that question. And only because, <laughs> not, not, not for you, but it's just like, I'm so influenced by so many people and I've gotten, I've been blessed enough to have so much help, yeah. so much love. And, you know, it's just, I would say um, one of my biggest, biggest inspirations, I would say my Uncle Larry, man. Mm. Larry Miller. Yeah. 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 One of the biggest, uh, the biggest big big homie. Yes. That's a big, so (laughs) how much interaction did you have with him growing up? Like you knew, you knew what he did. Oh yeah. No, it was just amazing. Yeah. For the audience, can you give them just like a quick recap of Larry Miller oh, Larry from Miller. your point of view? <laughs> uh, you know, it, I look at that in a different relationship because I look at him like a father figure, you know, mm-hmm. um, just a great man, just even kill, you know, teach me, teaches me how to keep a, a good poise and yeah. not a, my heart on the sleeve. Um, yeah. But yeah, just growing up and just, just seeing him break barriers and mm-hmm. You know, just climb as yeah. an African American man and then dad and you know Jordan and Jordan. building a brand. Yeah. You know, um, seeing him do that and then you know where he's at today. Yeah. You know, on the board, chairman, and chairman. You know, and it's, I mean, to see that from where he's from, mm-hmm. from Philadelphia yeah. <laughs> in this you know 60s, 70s. Yeah. To where he's at now, that's that's amazing. 
and that's you know when we we sit down and have these types of conversations mm -hmm. that is still such a rare thing absolutely right like he's a chairman of multi-billion dollar brand but the but you know these are the real figures that you know we need to celebrate yeah. you know um i'm not sure if you've seen that release with sp gina no with a uh, shoe palace we did an aj1 and you know she's a teacher mm -hmm. in san jose and i was like yo like why are you how does she get a jordan one and it's like these are the people that make the difference that you don't see you know yeah. and so i think the sneaker industry needs more of that mm -hmm. you know not to say that you know we, we you know the achievements of a travis or anything doesn't go unnoticed because right. that is amazing, you right. know, from his Force Ones to his Jordans. Yeah. But these other people deserve a chance to get a new look. For sure. Yeah. That's sure. why I kind of like this, this that new uh, Jordan campaign, yeah. you know? Yeah. The Fearless Ones, because yeah. it's like... It's about some of these stories that we haven't right. heard before. It's, Absolutely. It's, uh, really bringing in these new ideas and, and people that are doing things grassroots. In the community. In the community. Yes. When we come back in just a minute, we dive into how Frank went from working as a retail buyer at Wish Atlanta to joining the Jordan brand energy team as a sneaker designer. Stay with us. I'm Bima, and you're listening to Claimus Stories. Hey, everyone. Support for Claimus Stories comes from Portland State University's Center for Retail Leadership. If you want to prepare for a successful career, they can help by creating hands-on learning experiences focused on innovation, collaboration, and thought leadership. Visit pdx.edu backslash retail dash leadership. Hey, welcome back to Claimus Stories. So it's 2015, and with an invite from Jimo Wong, Frank leaves Wish to go work at Jordan Brand. So I left Wish. Yeah. Um, which going back to Wish, the you know, kind of I'm I love that time because collaborating was so new. Right. So, you know, we had a bunch of projects, 10 Deep, Adidas, Reebok. I mean, some of the earlier guys publish. I mean, to see like Mike where he's at with Chinatown mm -hmm. when he had Ice Cold, mm -hmm. like those kind of days when, when streetwear was this subculture. Yeah. I mean, Nikki Diamonds, you name it. Like, this is like the heyday. <laughs> hey, SBs are going crazy. The heyday. You know, um, and so it was such a... A, a cool sub subculture that I was so drawn to yeah. because I felt like, you know, these are these kids that are not understood, but it's always on a fresh ass level, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And you look at NERD and you look at, you know, Pharrell and what he does and you're mm -hmm. like, ice cream, BBC first season. Right. So I'm like, Jesus. You're, every day you're just in it. You're I'm like, in it. Yeah. And then people are coming through and then we're picking up new brands that, you know, you can't really get. They're super rare. And then we have the rarest kicks. So it's just like, it seasoned me to, you know, I didn't see the step of having to go back. Because mm -hmm. like, you know, I was thinking, well, hey, I'm gonna go right into Nike. But I love my time at Wish because it seasoned me to not like kind of, to be used to things, right? right. And not right. really like geek out on shoes and yeah. like, you know, because it's tough. Because it, if you come into... Oh, totally seeing all these samples and stuff people were like yo but it it seasoned me to be like hey it's a different it's a different thing it's a different thing and it's also something to be said about working in a retail setting and Absolutely. being that close to the consumer yes like you know. you're one to one with the consumer you know what they're saying every day you got to post on what Absolutely. they like what they don't like what's coming on the and they shoot from the hip <laughs> they used to tell me hey big boy i don't like I that i like big that i'm like oh okay man <laughs> Uh, Which is know? great for you as yeah. a buyer because you're like, yo, I'm the one that's literally going around 
the world right. sourcing, you know, and, and trying to find this this new product. And it was so good to see highs and lows, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's the good thing about the brand mix at Wish when I was there, like, you know, keeping the highs and lows. Like, you never know what piece could go with what piece or who was going to cop a high-end piece. You know, I know plenty of neighborhood dudes that were <laughs> walking around in Henry Vishkoff, and they're like, yeah, these are lit. And they're like, you don't even know. Or Anwar, $1,400 sweatpants, leather yeah. sweatpants. So. Yeah. You know, it was a great time. It was, I mean, it really trained me for my career mm-hmm. at Jordan. That's amazing. Yeah. And so how did the opportunity at Jordan come about? Oh, man, I get a, a phone call from Jimo Wong, Okay. which is my brother, man. Big ups, Jimo Wong, man, uh, for him giving me a chance. Yeah. It was amazing. But he gave me a phone call. I was like, hey, you know, um, you good at Illustrator? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. <laughs> So, um, but, you know, I knew it was something that I, I've always wanted, and uh, mm-hmm. I actually came out part-time. Wow. Yeah, so I was at ETW. So, ETW. So, it so it was like, prove yourself. You got right. six months, man, and we'll, we'll consider. What did, you, what did you think about that? Was there any hesitation on your part about coming in as an ETW? I want all the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I didn't know what I was really getting into, or like, you know, I know energy was kind of new, mm-hmm. um, but I knew I've always wanted to work with my brother, G. Yeah. He's like, he's like one of my... He is like so poised, so calm at all times. You just never know. You but never he's know. he's always been one of the freshest dudes, man. Like yeah. you know, and he's always up on everything. So you know, it was like a dream. So um, I remember like throwing this crazy party where you had to wear Jordans <laughs> to come, and everybody came and supported. Yeah. It was at Sound Table in Atlanta, and you know, it was bittersweet because and without Atlanta, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be Frank wouldn't Cougar. Be Frank. You know, so and I've received so much love and. Yeah met so many good people so it was like I was torn because I was leaving home right you know that's home you know um and so you know um I take this chance I'm like okay bet so let's do it so I get out but so I didn't really know the role because I knew it was like kind of design yeah but I'm not really a designer to me mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a curator You're you know curator. <laughs> <laughs> I like the vibes you pull the influences <laughs> right pulling the influences you, yeah. and just like you know trying to think forward, you know, right, and think right. what's next or if you're going to, you know, kind of live in the past, how do you recreate it? How do you recreate it? Because mm-hmm. to me, Jordan Brand is a nostalgia company. 1,000%. Yeah. I mean, There's so many stories that connect back to each and every one of them. Yeah. yeah. So, Gmo's like, here's some uh, folders <laughs> on your desk. And I'm like, okay. So, I'm like, hey, these CADs, I can see it's like one through 20 eight at the time I think mm-hmm. so I'm like I can sample these <laughs> <laughs> so what do you tell me more Wait, about a look-see yeah yeah like yeah well you can we'll send it to the factory and they'll come back and come back you know six to eight weeks and so I'm like anything <laughs> <laughs> so any secret, idea yeah, any idea so like <laughs> I just start cranking really you know and another thing that trained me a wish was you know when you have a small boutique you mm-hmm. have to perform right right so you know, building collections, mm-hmm. whether that be footwear and apparel, mm-hmm. I always shoot for 100%. Yes. Because it's nice, yo. Hey, it's not, I got yeah, an answer, right, you know? Right, right. That, so, that, that, that money translates in real time. Right. Yeah. So taking that, you know, that level of, like, concentration and, like, mm-hmm. that level of, like, hunger of saying, hey, everything we have to put out has to be 100%. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that Gmo told me was options. Mm-hmm. You got to have options, right? Have options. And so I've always wanted to... I don't know what 25% or 50% sell-through is. 
<laughs> you know, because I want everything to you be want everything crazy. To be right. to be gone. And so it's just crazy how, like, the whole team, J.J. Atienza, Paul Salavici, uh, Scott Fusan, mm. you know, um, Brian Mitchell, mm-hmm. like, we, we had this, like, and, and David Creech, mm-hmm. you know, we had this magical kind of whole team where everybody had their own power. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Everybody had their own specialty. And every time, you know, Paulie's more technical. Mm-hmm. Israel Mateo's technical. I'm more shoot from the hip. Like, let's just, let's just go. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's talk to the streets. You, let's you do it this way. You trust your intuition and what, you know, conversations you're having with real people, right? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, the idea of like, hey, Frank, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but sometimes it would sneak through, you yeah. know? And you know, I've learned so much from those guys mm-hmm. and that team, and I'm just, just so thankful for that time. That's amazing. You know, so I mean, that was a special, t- like super special time. I remember, I remember a lot of those projects, man. Mm-hmm. I remember a lot of those projects, and they st- they're still cranking crazy stuff. Like, yeah. I'm still excited about a lot of the projects that are coming. That's man, it's uh, it's an interesting time in sneakers mm-hmm. right now. We'll get we'll get a little bit into that conversation, but one thing that I know is very important to you is that the the storytelling aspect. Yes, you know, one thing we talked about a lot is being intentional about the story. Absolutely, in the product. Mm-hmm. Um, Give me a little bit more insight into, like, what does that mean to you and um, maybe some of the process that goes into it. has to be rooted in the narrative Mm -hmm. Um, and in community. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's one of my biggest, biggest, like, things. It has to be rooted in the community and the people have to love it. You know, um, I used to kind of get flat because I used to always kind of put things out there on on Instagram (laughs) before it was time to. But for (laughs) me... I felt like that was a great way to get a response, right? Because mm-hmm. if you see a bunch of trash can emojis, let's not make let's it. Let's not make it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Or if I'm asking somebody, would you wear that? And they say no. Or they say, yeah, would yeah. you wear it? Yeah. No. You know what I'm saying? Then we shouldn't make Maybe it. Maybe we shouldn't make it. And I understand that's kind of a rogue, you know, that's just where I came from. Yeah. But, you know, and I never thought like, oh, this is a multi-billion dollar company. And maybe <laughs> I shouldn't be doing that. But... You know, I think it worked for the, the you know, I, I felt like the people mm-hmm. had somebody that kind of yeah. went into the matrix and yeah. kind of went against the Adjusting, grain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were trying to go about things in a, in a different way. You were Absolutely. And, and I think that also speaks to your, your experience as a buyer, mm-hmm. right? And being in a store and being able to get that real feedback mm-hmm. immediately. It's tough when you're in that product creation process. And you got to pull up on market travel. Yeah. That's a little different because it's, you know, yes. that means the, you know, the store is going to be super clean when you come in, <laughs> you know, you're asking opinions and, oh, no, I like these. <laughs> and then everybody leaves, Frank, them shits was kind of like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they, then they give me the real. I'm like, damn, why didn't you just say that? Why didn't you say that in the first place? Yeah. So, I mean, you're absolutely right with that. The, the retail aspect, you know, I missed, it's nothing like the energy of a Saturday mm-hmm. when you're like. You know, this is coming out and people are scratching at the door. Right. And, you know, it's been some Saturdays where I had to answer up like, man, I don't even have your size anymore. And I'm like, bummed. Yeah. But I always have to remember, like, you know, remind them. It's, oh, it's always next week. It's man. always next week. There's it's always, always something, something coming. It's always going to be always something. something so. Especially now. We're not in the era where there's, we got a lot. <laughs> oh, a little oversaturated, but that's another topic. We see, we see a lot of products. Yes. Um, so in your in your time at Jordan mm-hmm. Brand... Um, were there any stories that you just were really in love with? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the Wings Five. Mm. I mean, people ask me if that's like one of my favorite all, at all times, just the Wings Five, because 
those kids in Chicago with Little Black Pearl School, shout out to Miss Monica, you know, um, those kids, I mean, they're such an inspiration to me mm -hmm. just because they go through so much and still make it every Saturday, wow. you know? And so, you know, that's a, uh, you know, I compiled a bunch of their artwork mm -hmm. that usually went on t-shirts and, you know, all their artwork is displayed on that shoe. Wow. So for those kids, that's your shoe. Yeah, that's theirs. So I kind of missed it to all y'all to collab. <laughs> yeah. And you can forever say my artwork is on a Jordan. That's amazing. You know, so, you know, your parents, yeah. you know, your family, you can forever say that you have a Jordan. You know, you go to their mom's house, it's going to be on the shelf. Right. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't about us. It mm -hmm. was about them and their hard work. And I felt like that's what needed to be paid off. Mm -hmm. And like I said, they're amazing kids. And that's one thing I, I miss about being there for sure, because those kids are amazing. And so what's the, specifically, what's the WINGS program doing? Um, you know, shouts out to Shanti Mashiach. Mm -hmm. um, she, she uh, I mean, they're paying kids to go to school. Yeah. You know, they're getting the other half of your loan mm -hmm. for the entire stay, for your entire matriculation. Wow. Like, how real is that? You know, I'm not sure the number That's of how many kids that, that she sent, but mm -hmm. I've definitely seen these kids grow, graduate, and do well in college. That's a For the free. For free. <laughs> Yes, I mean, you full know, we, scholarships. We talk about the loan situation now, and it's just like that's with you for your for some people. Man, Sally, that's with you for your life. Sally on you, <laughs> Miss May, Miss May, Miss May. Um, so, so now we've you, you've transitioned mm -hmm. to a new chapter, and you're no longer at Jordan, but mm -hmm. you're doing a lot of different projects yes. um, mm -hmm. on your own too. Yep. Tell me a little bit about that. What's that journey been like? You know, uh, this year has been really different. Um, yeah, I was on a non-compete for a year, so 12 months. But in that time, I kind of took time to myself, mm. you know, because um, being in corporate, you know, you kind of have your head down. You're working on projects season to season, right. but you don't really take the time for yourself. Right. So uh, this year, I just really wanted to do that, kind of get back in tune with, you know, my creativity. Mm. Um, family, right. you know, things that got me here, Yeah, you know, um, so really took the time to do that. But in the meantime, um, just doing some consulting work, yeah. um, working with nice kicks and, yeah. and shoe palace, and uh, some of those shout, projects. Yeah. Shout they out to great. the Merchot family too. Like mm -hmm. there's just been awesome, you know, and it's, it's cool to just get back into retail, but yeah. you know, with shoe palace is more volume. Mm -hmm. So I just, that's, I think that's like the last piece of my career. I just yeah. want to really understand, you know, volume and what, you know, some other mm. kind of areas that I'm not, is not specialty retail, okay. boutique retail. Okay. Um, yeah. And just kind of learning that aspect of uh, footwear. That's great. Yeah. So, so you're, you're really starting to add into the, you know, yeah. some different experiences that you haven't had just mm -hmm. yet. So like, you know, for the rest of the year, I'm, I'm kind of open, you okay. know, just letting it coast, but hope, you know, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, so I, I got one last question I want to mm -hmm. ask you before we wrap it up and mm -hmm. it's around, um, the, the interview process mm -hmm. and the way I think about the interview process in regards to getting in the industry, right. whether that is at um, a world headquarters or whether that is at the boutique level, um, what advice might you have for some of our listeners who are going through that experience? I think it's, it's a little bit more than the interview process, mm -hmm. right? Um, I know a lot of people who just kind of like apply online and it's like way deeper than that. It's way deeper than <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, so I mean, it looks like, hey, I can just hit this on, you know, whateverbrand.net, you yeah. know, and it'll it'll go through. But no, um, you know, I think relationships mm -hmm. and, and I would say before the interview process, before you get there, it's um, 
more so having that belief and and knowing that it's about being patient. Mm. You know, it just doesn't come as fast as you think it's, you know, cost. But you know what I'm saying? It's not going to be as as quick as you think it is. You know, the road the road there was um, a great journey. And like I said, like even thinking I was going to come back and go straight into, you know, corporate, mm-hmm. it was a reason I had to go back to Wish, Absolutely. you know, and be there for seven years and understand things. So um, for a kid, I would just definitely say, hey, keep the faith mm-hmm. and definitely know that, you know, it is a process. Frank is a creative slash curator in the sportswear industry. He departed from his role at Jordan Brand in 2018. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. Find out more about Frank and get access to all of our episodes on our website at claimastories.com. And while you're there, please give us a review. If you'd like to connect, follow us on Instagram at claimastories. Our show this week is produced by BJ Fergozo and Adrian Anaya with music composed by VDOT of The Creative State. Thanks also to Oilong Maui and Kate Williams. I'm Bima, and you've been listening to Claim Us Stories.